0: Today's Gospel, the Easter account from Luke chapter 24. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of him who is our life so that when that life appears you also will appear with him in glory My dear brothers and sisters in Christ Christ is risen Yeah, I'll keep you awake with that one. It's gonna work. It's gonna work <laughs> They say that when it comes to reality and truth that there's certain pitfalls that you should avoid as a comforter or, or a counselor And one of them, I'm I'm not sure if you're familiar, I'm going to mention two of them. Uh, One of them would be, don't sing songs to a, does anybody know this one? Don't sing songs to a heavy, heavy heart. And maybe, I don't know, did I make that up? Did I read it somewhere? I'm like the only one on the planet that's heard of that one. Don't sing songs to a heavy heart. Maybe I read it somewhere and it's not universal. But you could understand what somebody's getting at. Maybe another one you have heard of, this other one to mention, is um, don't sugarcoat the truth. Sometimes when when people are dealing with a trauma and a tragedy, some reality that they've hit, they know what they faced, and telling them that it was something else or something different isn't helpful for them processing and moving through the grieving process. Singing songs to a heavy heart doesn't necessarily land home And it kind of can be like that sugar-coated glaze. You just put like on top of everything so it just tastes better. But it really doesn't deal with what's inside. It really doesn't get in there with its hands dirty to weep with those who weep and mourn with those who mourn. And there's a way that um, I, I wonder with something like Halloween in our lives. You know, kids walk around with goblins and ghosts, all this like this aura of the afterlife around, you know, grim reaper, gravestones, and then we just eat a bunch of sugar. (laughs) And we fill ourselves with candy, you know. Um, And with something like Easter, if you were to pause and be a listener for the women on the way to the the empty tomb that they didn't think was empty at the time, if you were a listening ear or a crying shoulder, for the women who watched last night following after Joseph of Arimathea to put a lifeless body behind a heavy stone as they said their goodbyes to one so tragically taken away. Don't sing songs to a heavy heart and don't sugarcoat the truth either. And yet join them on that walk is to find something life-altering, totally different, changing, unexpected, a surprise that meets them. What are you going to do with it? The facts of the story are presented to you today so that when your heart is heavy, when you walk the same walk they do, who doesn't step toes in a, in a graveyard, a cemetery. They were doing that that morning. And scripture addresses them. Scripture brings them up. And it's interesting of all the ways you could describe Easter and the resurrection and in an account that would sort of like shield us from going through all of that. The sugar-coated versions of it. Okay, and he died. But then he rose again from the dead and it was over. And they all proclaimed it and lived happily ever after. Like you could really speed through this and just brush over death and treat it as nothing. Do we treat death as nothing? Is Jesus up for like kind of like cheap tricks and just cover overs? we don't treat death as nothing. Scripture doesn't treat death as nothing. And instead, it says, I'm not even going to tell you the names of these women who were on their way. What they saw the last time they left this tomb last night, how they got up as soon as they could and gathered their spices and preparation to deal with his body before it decayed. They were going to go to that tomb and express their love to one who wasn't there. And so they went, real people, real tears, real silence and quiet, on their way to a real tomb that had a real body. And they found out it just starts writing itself the stone was rolled away and it's sort of like taking if if we had wrapped up this cocoon for jesus sort of like taking one little strand and just giving it a pull, beginning to see what it always had to be and slowly and surely they make their way in because the stone had been rolled away. And they look around inside. His body's not here. Where's Jesus' body? The linens, the pricey, expensive linens. If this were thieves, they would have taken those. <laughs> now I wonder what happened. Now what? Now what? It's the great statement of Easter Sunday. Now what, people? Now what? Christ is risen. So now what? It's like the next step. And just like that, when you're on the edge of your seat wondering about the now what, Luke writes it in there. He writes it in for the reader and that you'd get to this part and and it says, and suddenly, and in Greek, and it's like, and look, and and look isn't helpful. When I say look and somebody's throwing a baseball, they did this to me when I was in high school. They threw a baseball, I'm playing first, and I didn't know it was coming from the pitcher, right? We were at practice. Uh, should I tell this story? No, I shouldn't. <laughs> we're at practice. I'm like on first base, there's a base runner, you know, and the pitcher throws the ball. But the first base the guy on first and I were friends, and he was like shoving me and stuff, and I'm like boxing him off of first base. And then the pitcher throws the ball and I'm not looking. So he says, look. And I broke my nose. That was the broken nose baseball to my face. When somebody says, look, you don't even know what it is. Look what? Now Don's on the edge of his seat. You got me, Luke. What is it? What? Two men, close like lightning. What does this tell you? And they speak, why do you look for the living among the dead? I think there had to be a smile on their faces to say that this wasn't one of these to those women. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He is risen. Christ is is risen. Just as he said to you. Do you remember that he said, The Son of Man must be handed over to his enemies and be crucified, and on the third day he will rise again. That was the Son of Man must. The Son of Man must. Because if we're not going to sugarcoat the truth, If we're not going to sing songs, just any old songs, to heavy hearts, to here's a lighthearted thing to take a heavy topic and lighten it up a little bit. If we're not going to do that, if we're in Scripture going to live there and speak the truth to heavy hearts, but but comforting truth, if we're going to go in there with a saving word, if we're going to not sugarcoat, but we're going to eat the real food of life, we're going to be a part of the real stuff that it's all about, you have to live in this must. He said it. The Son of Man must, and the reason, reason is because death is tied to sin, and it had to be conquered. As soon as Adam and Eve looked at all the pain, the trouble, the sorrow, the sin, the hiding from God, and the death they now deserved, and they did this. They raised their hands and said, Oops. Sorry. And ever since, there's a story that only God would tell of only what God would do to deal with the oops and all of its consequences. Yeah, it wasn't their first time walking to a tomb. And they had tasted that bitter pill of death in their lives, and their loved ones, and the grieving losses many of times because it is a universal story. It is part of the must of this world, the consequences of our being born from Adam and Eve. But make no mistake, God fixed his must to it so our story would change and not end in death with a period at the end of it. But Jesus would say he would come and he must die. And part of the must is rise again on the third day. So here you have another scripture that only is the only truth that can express itself freely, openly, without trying to protect somebody's emotions or psychology, but to let us be our real selves, our sinful selves in the presence of God, our dead selves in the presence of God, and hear what God gives through his Son, the victory of eternal life in Jesus' name. If you want to soak up what happens with those women in the empty tomb that day, it starts with you remembering that connected to Adam and Eve, we're already six feet under. You connecting to yourself that me locked and shut behind a tomb is exactly where I should go, and it's worse. It's hell. But the must of the Savior Came to pay the penalty of your sin on the cross, to not end it there, to end sin there, but that you would be so set free in a life, a mysterious, wonderful life that lives because He lives. Christ is risen. So they go and they find the apostles they're going to tell the disciples and they didn't believe them and in Luke the words are phrased in such a way to say that this wasn't a we told them the straight facts like as quickly as you can read it in Luke 24 right we just gave them three verses and then the apostles didn't you know they didn't believe us it's it's phrased as if it was this ongoing like it could have been an hours-long conversation you can imagine them having their questions like, okay, walk us back through it again. Do it another time. Where did you start? And where did you go? And what did you see? Did you see any footprints? Did you see any tracks? Did you do this? Did you do that? And eventually Peter throws his hands up in the air and says, I can't figure this out mode. And he runs for himself to clarify. He's exploring these words. He's still wondering. He goes and he looks. He sees the empty tune and the, and the linen and he walks away. Isn't this like the, the thud at the end of the account? He walks away wondering what had happened. Right? Why well, wonder what happened. But that's just it. Is It's already turning the page of just a Jesus who's dead and that's the end of the story. Peter now, and we all, must turn the page. You must make a connection at every tomb site. You must make a connection in the life of every believer that there's, I have to turn the page. I thought it was over. I thought it was done, and now I'm wondering why it's not. And I'm good with that. I'm good with that when the catechism glass gets that in Jesus they have eternal life and they're going to live forever forever. I'm great when that is crystal clear and absolutely certain in their hearts and the only questions they have is how old am I going to look? And are we going to eat? And what am I going to get to do? I I love that kind of wondering. That's, That's turned the page. Now Peter doesn't fully believe it yet. But isn't this the point to put this little wrench in your day to address you In Peter's shoes. And to talk to you. Do you recognize what Jesus has done? Do you see the facts laid before you? Life after death? Triumph beyond the grave? Are you starting to turn the page? Because you must. By the word of God, you must. And soak in for yourselves a new life. I don't know what it's going to look like. Paul says, I declare to you, hmm, what word should I use? A mystery. Will all be changed? Does that help? Just turn the page. Don't stay here. Turn the page. And you add it to the story. That heavy heart and that truth has to include this i may not dry every tear but there is a tissue i can use in the word of god may not stop the sorrow every time you're by someone's grave who died in the lord You still miss them you're going to miss them but something still i can say by the word of the lord i may not sing a song and and make you feel like emotionally you're all out of whack for being so sad but I will speak a word a triumphant word in the midst of a tomb in the midst of dust and ashes in the very place where everybody ends the story let's turn the page together and recognize even if it's a question mark what's this going to be it's going to be immortality imperishable No hunger, no pain, no thirst, no need to sleep, no more tears or crying, because the old is gone and the new has come. So spread your wings. Get out. Live in the life that is truly yours. That's Easter. And I give thanks to God that for 25 years, Easter has been proclaimed in this place in Littleton I give thanks that we still have opportunities in ministry together to partner with our resources and our time and our energy to go and find where the period is in other people's lives and change it into a comma and add, and he must rise again. Anyone who believes he must rise again, this is for you. This is for you. Transfigured, transformed. Don't stick in the cocoon. Come on out in Jesus' name and live a new life because of him. That's awesome. The best part of being a pastor is preaching on Easter. The best part of any believer is pondering and meditating what Easter means for you and for me. There may be some question marks. I'm okay with that. But brothers and sisters, let's turn the page and let's go preach that word to a people all around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you please stand? And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard and keep you through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.